Welcome to Oyana, a teenager's journey to self-love. Our mission is to inspire, educate and empower, helping teenagers to navigate through life and connect with their inner self. I'm your host, Carol Oakley, and thank you for tuning in. Now today I have Jim Carroll, advertising planner and former chairman of BBH UK. Now I've known Jim for over 20 years. He takes the trophy when it comes for being comes to being a true friend. He has been my mentor, my confidant, my dance partner at many social do's over the years. He will be, beat you hands down in a pub quiz, especially when it comes to his knowledge of music. His dry sense of humor and storytelling skills has brought me joy and laughter over the years. And I love him for that. Welcome, Jim. That's just, you're, that's, that's such a flattering introduction. You, you're spoiling me. I mean, I'm, uh, I'm of course delighted to be your friend and, um, and actually I would say you are a better dancer than me. Oh, bless. <laughs> well, you know, I think we're, we're both, both, both a good dancer, depending on yes. what the, I guess, depending on what the track is. Yeah. Yes, exactly. How are you today, Jim? Yes. Um, not too bad. Thank you. Yes. Um, the problem with lockdown is, Every day is like Sunday, so um, it's the same as it was yesterday and probably will be tomorrow. <laughs> oh, bless. Well, I guess you being doing what you're doing now kind of splits things up a little bit for you and makes things a little bit different. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I'm, nowadays I'm a kind of um, occasional consultant, therefore I'm a little bit more fluid. I, I, I've done the, the corporate life and, and now I'm a little bit more my own boss. Good for you. And it's great to have that flexibility and just being in control of your time, isn't it? Which is brilliant. So thank you. I mean, you know, it's such an honour having you, Jim. You know, I'm so thankful that, you know, you're here and we're going to have um, a great conversation. You know, I've always enjoyed our conversations, but, you know, this is going to be special because obviously on a, it's on a different platform. Today, we're what we're going to do is just, what I'm, what I'm going to do is just touch on a few areas of your of your life it'll be like your childhood your education well-being personal development and what i'd like to do is to offer some advice and tips um, along the way but i think generally let's just go with the flow and see where the conversation takes us mm -hmm. yeah that sound good yeah, i'm ready great 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 okay um jim can you tell our listeners just a little bit about your childhood please uh, yes, I was born in 1964 in uh, Romford in Essex. Uh, I'm a proud Essex person and uh, I was one of five kids. Uh, I went to a, uh, a Catholic grammar school. I don't have many grammar schools now, but uh, I was fortunate enough to get in there. Uh, I was quite a swatty kid, uh, intellectual and all that kind of thing. Uh, I, I uh, studied classics, that's Latin, Greek, ancient history at uh, Oxford University. Mm -hmm. uh, and then when it came to getting a job, which is back in 1987, uh, I initially became a market researcher, which was doing uh, focus groups, qualitative focus groups that we hear so much about nowadays. Uh, I did that for a couple of years. Um, I got into advertising because I was always taken with the glamour of it all. And mm -hmm. uh, in 1991, I joined uh, BBH, which is one of the big Soho advertising agencies. 
and um, and I was there for 24 years um, as a strategist. So mm -hmm. uh, working out um, who to target the advertising at, what to say, and how to say it. So more more of a backroom boy really uh, versus the actual creative types. Okay. Um, but um, but that was the appropriate job for someone like me uh, as a sort of uh, nerd, uh, and um, uh, and I had a very happy time there. I, I was fortunate to find it as a career. And in 2015, I, as I was saying, packed in the corporate life, and and now I'm uh, an occasional consultant. Great. Great, great. Um, can I just sort of go back um, a few steps or a few years and mm. just talk about your kind of education and your, your schooling? What, what was secondary school like for you? Uh, yes. So, as I say, I was quite an academic kid. Mm -hmm. uh, so in that respect, I did quite well. Uh, you know, I was good at um, most subjects in one, one form or another. Um, I think the challenging things for a kid like me were less the lessons and what went on around the lessons. It was the sort of, um, I was quite a shy, uh, introverted, quiet uh, kind of boy. Uh, and I think when you're at school, uh, the pressure is to belong and to fit in and, um, you know, join in with the gang. Um, so that was the more challenging aspect. Um, I would say I was quite lucky, I was decent at sport, and I think sport can be a great um, social lubricant really, so that even the Swati kid uh, like me um, can get on with the other kids because sport is all about joining in and you know I was pretty good at it, and so I got a kind of respect from the, the tough guys that I might not have got otherwise. Great, so you did, I mean it's great that you found that as an outlet. Did you feel any pressure I mean, did that, did that make you feel, um, I don't know, an, like an outsider at all before you found sports? I mean, how did you deal with it emotionally? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that, um, I mean, you know, looking back now, I think most kids are outsiders, uh, <laughs> but they, they always imagine they're the only one that's a bit different. And uh, yeah, I felt a little bit of a nerd, a little bit shy and not quite as cool as the other kids. Mm -hmm. um, and I felt a bit awkward about that. Um, I, I think one of the things you try and do when you're a kid is you try and copy what other people do. Mm -hmm. um, and so you copy their jokes and you hang out with them. And, and, and actually, I don't think other kids necessarily respect you for just aping their behavior mm. i think when you just hold a mirror up to people they sort of go well that's just someone who's copying me yeah and i think that looking back you know if i could have advised myself i would say that other kids probably respect you more if mm. you're just yourself um and that you know actually when i <laughs> When I was uh, happy to be uh, a book reading, shy introvert, you know, I could help the other kids with their homework or right. I could tell them things that they'd never heard of before or mm -hmm. I could crack jokes that maybe they couldn't crack because they didn't know about some of the things I knew about. So yeah. uh, your, your value actually to other kids is in being different and being distinctive and being authentic. It's not in just 
copying what everyone else does. Great. So, um, so would you say to any of our listeners that, that are going through that at the moment, it's very much about um, honing in on your, on your skills and your value and just making sure that, you know, embrace you embrace yourself and embrace who you are as a person yeah i mean it's not easy this because you know i think many people spend a lifetime trying to work out who they are mm. uh, so telling a 13 year old you've got to know who you are is quite tough yes um but i think certainly reflecting as a young person on your passions uh, your emotions the things that you love doing yeah. um will help you just think well actually i'm pretty good at this i'm pretty into this i'm you know that's my thing and if you have a strong sense of your thing i think it just enables you to flourish socially because as i say people don't want carbon copies in their friendship groups they want people who are different so you might be into music you might be into books you might be into football you might mm. be into fashion but if you pursue that with passion and enthusiasm i think you find friends and i think right. I, I think that you you have a a social value great and that leads me on to uh, my next question about friends how important do you think it is to have positive friends around you uh, well i think that um you know when you get to my age i'm 56 now mm. and, and you look at um what is meaningful to you in your life you, you find that it is your your network that your community and mm. um, they're not necessarily your best buddies they're sometimes just people you meet down the street etc but i think um friendships what get you through hard times and what help you celebrate good times so um it's probably one of the most vital things in life i think mm -hmm. Great. And I like what you've put here, Jim, um, about, you know, the greatest challenges in your life. Um, and you've put here, you, you can only achieve so much by addressing your weaknesses. And at a certain stage, you need to concentrate on amplifying your strengths. Can you can you um, elaborate on that? Because I think that's such a powerful point. Well, yes, um, I think in some form or another throughout our lives, whether at school or college or uh, in, in the workplace, we are given feedback and feedback is a healthy, useful thing. And it may be, you know, in career, that may be in the form of annual appraisals. Um, it may be at school in terms of your report card or something like that. And it's the responsibility of all of us to focus on getting right the things that we've been getting wrong. And, uh, and so every time you get a report card or an appraisal, you, I think quite rightly, uh, ask yourself well how can I do the things I don't do well a little bit better mm -hmm. I think over time however um, you may find that you're obsessing too much about addressing the negatives mm. and that can put you in a kind of negative spiral you know you find that because you're not very good at maths or something that you spend all your time trying to get better at maths and whilst you have to get all of your kind of weaknesses up to a certain acceptable standard uh, your success in life and career will probably be derived from your absolute focus on the positive things mm. you're really good at one particular subject one area of activity 
the more you invest in that, the more you excel in that, mm-hmm. um, the more you thrive in life and work. And um, as an employer, we were not looking for people who were generally good at everything because people who are generally good at everything are kind of average, I suppose. Mm. What you're looking for as an employer is people who are exceptional at something. Right. And it only has to be one thing. Mm. <laughs> you know, if you're great at one thing. That's an enormously employable characteristic. And as an employer, you say, well, we can find other people who can do the things that person can't. Right. And that's such a powerful point. And I am going to do a series on careers. And I'd love to invite you back on, Jim, just so you can talk a little bit more in depth about um, sort of advertising and different areas of advertising. But, um, yeah, that's such a powerful point that you've just made. Do, Do you have any advice to our listeners who do not know what they want to do when they leave school or they're getting pressure from loved ones who have a different vision to theirs? Yeah, I think that, um, I mean, it's a long time ago now, but when I was looking for a career, um, part, firstly, it feels like an alien thing. You know, mm. it feels like, well, I don't really know what a job is, what work is, et cetera, et cetera. So it's hard to make these kind of decisions. Uh, and secondly, we, we sometimes assess careers in quite sort of logical, abstract Uh, terms we look at what subjects we're good at or we look at what our parents say they're good at or what they say we should do Mm. Uh, and and that often takes us down a road which is I don't know formulaic you know so um, if your mother's a nurse she may say I think you ought to be a nurse or Mm. you know know, a lot of parents say I want you to be a doctor or a lawyer etc and um, I I mean in my own kind of career selection, uh, being a quite academic, uh, I assumed, I don't know, I should go into the civil service or I should go into um, museum curation because I did ancient history and so forth. And um, actually the route I took into advertising was not that logical. I, um, I worked out that I had an unusual passion for music and pop songs and uh, and slogans and adverts that I saw on the telly. And even though I was quite academic, I noticed that I had a passion for something which you could say was quite frivolous, uh, but it resonated with me. So I think you have to, as a kid, you've got to be a bit logical. What am Mm. I good at? What's my exam? Um, points where are my exams pointing me but you've also got to be a bit emotional and go with well what do I like doing where mm. where are my passions and, and, that, and they may that may take you to a completely different direction great because you could have easily gone down like you said you touched upon you know you loved music you could have easily had a career in the music industry couldn't you have I mean uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't play an instrument but yeah I, I, I'd love to have done so yeah maybe maybe that would have been a lovely course to go down but yeah I mean I, I, lo- I loved music and it, it certainly took me towards a more creative profession and um, mm. I, I feel again a slight if, if, if there was some criticism of my schooling I don't think maybe it's better now uh, but I don't think they 
gave me a real understanding of the creative professions and the opportunities mm. of the creative professions. And, um, and it makes me a little bit angry because it's Britain, the United Kingdom, is uh, one of the most innovative, original, creative cultures in the whole world. Yes. Um, the creative industry is one of our finest, most successful, most lucrative industries. And a lot of young people who wouldn't necessarily fall into the boxes of um, law or medicine or you know, conventional careers may not even be aware that here's this career that's right bang on for them and mm. it, will make them, it will be fulfilling and interesting and engaging. And, and I feel, I hope that schools are painting that opportunity for people. Yeah, and you know, I have over the last sort of few years been involved in a few um, voluntary sort of uh, companies that are very much doing that so that's mm. such a you know you can see that the landscape is changing mm. a lot on that regard and mm. you know creativity is becoming more at the forefront uh, when it comes to um, sort of education so um, mm. that's re that's a reassuring thing that's I felt that very reassuring mm. um, for when I started advertising yeah. which is mm. which is a great thing at the moment, you, you say you're a brand consultant and you advise businesses on brand distillation, expression and transformation. Can you just briefly tell our listeners what, what you do, what, what, that, what that means, distillation means? Um, I think that um, many brands in seeking to communicate with consumers have a lot to say, but consumers don't have a lot of time to hear it mm -hmm. so a key challenge for any brand and business is to say well what is the one thing that I want us to say if I've only got a couple of seconds if I've only got a minute what's the one thing I want to say about my business and so all businesses need to go through a distillation process distilling right down okay. what it is that they stand for and you know that leads to you know levi's the original gene or nike just do it and mm -hmm. um it's about defining that essence of what the brand is about in order that you can you. do amazing engaging colorful uh, advertising got you got you that's that's so interesting Jim and I'll definitely get get you back on one, when I do this series on careers because you know we could go on forever and ever and talk and talk about um advertising and, and uh what you do uh do you have any personal habits or daily routines you feel have contributed to your journey or to your success um I probably have too many habits <laughs> routine, um but I've probably worked out over the years that they're quite helpful. I, I'm quite an advocate of um, habits and routines because I, I think that the more you do the same thing every day, uh, the more it frees you up to think uh, freely and um, imaginatively. So um, I, I'm, an, I'm a morning person. I get up quite early every day. Um, I do a bit of exercise every day nowadays. Um, I um, I tend to eat the same thing every day, which is probably not to be recommended. But uh, I find that having routines and rituals like that means that um, you've got a kind of a straightforward architecture to your life. Yeah. And around that architecture, you can be much more creative. 
no definitely and i i totally agree with you here to our, to our listeners can you just ex- elaborate a little bit on your point habit is the thinker's friend um, what, what do you mean by that habit is the thinker's friend um well i think i mean i, I suppose i'm talking specifically about people that are in the more creative imaginative um side of things but the cliche is that to be creative you um you need to be disorganized and chaotic Mm. um, that's what creativity is uh the truth is if you look at most creative people you'll find that uh they used the same paints or they visited the same cafe or they you know and in fact uh, they had habits that um, that enabled them to then be radical and free thinkers around those habits. So habit is a thinker's friend, yes. Got you, got you, got you. And that leads me on to my next question uh, nicely. Do you have any tips for teenagers who are going through pressure because of exams um, or studying or even what's going on at the moment in our present climate? You know, you know kids that are just going through emotional stuff being uncertain about whether they're going back to school or how things are going to be panning out. What, what advice, you know, can you give them? So there's quite a few questions there, Jim. So sort okay. of... they're important questions. Yeah. Um, I think that sometimes when you have a big goal or a big objective, you uh, are paralyzed by the scale of it. So, you know, I've got all of my exams coming in June or July or whatever. <laughs> And um, that's okay. <laughs> again, yeah, please, please, please. Wait a minute, I get dice Dice. Sorry, I, I, I'm on this call, and I. I... Okay. Uh, so, oh, sorry, Jim. So, in terms of yeah, any tips for teenagers who are going through pressure because of exams, studying, or you know going through emotional stuff because of the current climate that we're in uh i would say that sometimes the scale of the task intimidates us and paralyzes us so we don't do anything at all uh because we have so many exams on the horizon and so much to do and so much study and um i found that a lot of the um the secret in life is to um work out the sequence with which you're going to address things. And a lot of life is about sequencing. When do I, what do I do first? What do I do next? And then what do I do after that? And if you can break down the task into lots of small steps, you'll find that taking one small step at a time will get you towards it. Um, I think that secondly, I mean, I don't know if this suits everyone, but I have found sleep to be um, a great way of dealing with stress. Um, mm-hmm. When I am really stressed or really um, challenged, quite often I will go to bed early and I find that, you know, so long as I can get to sleep, um, that sleep is a way of, has a way of sorting things out and you can attack them fresh in the morning. Um, and I think a lot of the time kids don't take that approach. They work really late and they drive themselves too hard. And um, I think sometimes, you know, just go to bed early, have a, have a kip 
and, and you, you might find that you feel better about it in the morning. Great. And just what about, you know, the sort of the current climate we're in at the moment? Do you have any advice surrounding that? Around, yeah. I mean, it's really difficult given lockdown and coronavirus because we're all living um, these quite sort of isolated lives. Um, and I think that... Um, I, th I think you've just got to believe that it will get better, you mm. know, and don't catastrophize because of how frustrating the world is right now. Yeah. Um, you know, when I was quite old, uh, quite young, we had, you know, various um, recessions and crises and maybe nothing quite like this, but we, we've, you know, the, the world has been through tough times before and mm -hmm. we will get through it. And I think as an individual, you've got to, reassure yourself that um, somewhere down the line, six months to a year down the line, um, everything will be moving in the upswing again. Yeah, and that's, that's great advice, Jim. And I, I think, it's, you know, again, it's just kind of using this time um, productively and positively, you know, although there's a lot of uncertainty, it's just trying to use, the time, use this time in a way that you would never kind of have used it when you're, you know, busy or, you know doing yeah. stuff you know it's just yeah just finding those things that you've been meaning to do or speaking to that friend or that family member um that yeah. you've been meaning to call while you yeah while you while you were under it uh so yeah it's very much trying to yeah use the time as as productively as you can i mean i found that um you know working in advertising one of the characteristics of advertising people that i rather liked was um that they are generally speaking, incredibly positive people. They look mm -hmm. for the good in others. They look for the opportunity in challenge. They look for um, where there is some kind of optimistic aspect to be had. And um, I found that quite a useful life skill because mm. um, we can all um, moan and be uh, skeptical and yeah. Uh, dwell on how bad everything is but you find that that ne negative energy doesn't really get you anywhere that's right um we, we used to have a saying at bbh that um positive people have bigger better ideas and um i think it's true i think mm. that if you can find a way of you know as you say using the time well using the you know the opportunities that are out there well feeling good about some of the things that the advantages that you do have mm. uh, you'll move forward rather than get stuck in a rut exactly and i think gratitude here is really important it's times like this where you have to you know have to be grateful you know think about your life and and say look what what can i be grateful for and when you do that then i think that makes things a little bit better and put things into perspective yes. um, more for you so yeah i think gratitude is is very important and not only for when it comes to challenging times like this but i think just on a daily basis it's just to give mm -hmm. thanks mm. Um, well you're an incredibly positive person carol you've always looked on the upside and always oh. bring a smile into the room with you <laughs> oh bless thank you jim that's I, I don't know any other way and i i just think you know i'd rather be positive and smiley rather than negative um mm. If there's, if I have that, that option, why choose the, the latter? <laughs> exactly. 
Um, who, who was the most influential person in your life and what was the biggest lesson they taught you? Um, well, I, I've gone for two. I've gone for equality with my mum and my dad. <laughs> yeah. um, and, um, uh, but I, I want you to, they actually passed away when I was quite young. Um, but I, I, I want to, um, you know, pay tribute to the fact that, you know, I am here because of them. And, um, um, you know, my dad particularly was a flawed character. He wasn't very successful in, uh, in work and career and things like that. Um, but looking back, uh, he was a very charming conversationalist. He would talk to anyone and everyone. And I probably learned from him the, the value of conversation, of interaction, of, um, of talking about everything. He would talk about politics. He would talk about, um, cereal packets, you know, I mean, he would talk about everything. Um, and I think, I think that's a great thing in life to be a conversationalist, actually, yeah. to have an opinion uh, about big things and small things. Um, and I try to have opinion about most things. Um, and then um, my mother was a, um, well, you know, looking back, I'd say was quite a spiritual woman. She was um, very creative. She collected art postcards and wrote poetry and um, was a bit of a dreamer, perhaps. Um, but, you know, quite different to my dad, my dad being quite sociable and, um, uh, but the combination, uh, I'm very grateful for actually, because that, you know, one of them, uh, you know, taught me to talk and the other one taught me to dream. Yeah. Oh, that's such a beautiful thing, Jim. You say here, um, I, I, your, the question about where are you currently on your journey when it comes to self-discovery and love, you've thought. Um, I have many regrets, flaws and failings. What, can you elaborate on that? Or to our listeners, can you give, the, give them any advice? They, because obviously they're all, most of my listeners are going to be at the beginning of their journey. If I was to ask them this, you know, in 40 years time, how can they not, not have the same answer, but kind of live their life more... I know more purposefully, I guess, or yeah. to the fullest. Yeah. Well, I, I think that um, it's w- one of my least favourite songs is um, um, "Je ne regrette rien." I regret nothing. You know, mm. and the um, I think Frank Sinatra sings um, um, something similar. Forgotten, but um, those songs about not having regrets, uh, I, I think, are misleading because I think that. Um, most of us at some point in our lives uh, make mistakes. We mm. go down the wrong route, the wrong path. We hung out, hang out with the wrong people. Um, I have certain regrets about wasted time, um, missed opportunities. Um, but I feel that it's important just to acknowledge that you made mistakes. And, and maybe to learn something from it um, and to be sort of quite positive about what you're going to do in the future. Um, so I suppose, my, yeah, I suppose that's, you know, I am a relatively content person now. I'm a relatively happy person, but yeah. I'm not going to say um, I've always got it right. Cause actually I, I've got a number of things that 
still wake me up in the middle of the night, which I'm not going to talk about. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I won't. I won't dig, Jim. You've said enough. <laughs> I won't dig. Um, you you said also that you had had quite a, rig- a rigorous youth um, and a cavalier maturity. Well, again, can you elaborate on on that? Well, yeah, I think that. Um, I think that it's important still to celebrate the power of hard work. And Mm. uh, nowadays we probably encourage people to, you know, take it easy, take the easy path or whatever type thing. Mm. And, and the truth is um, actually I've worked really hard uh, Mm. at my studies and at my job. Um, I put in the hours and I got up really early. I read a lot of books. Um, I just think it's important to recognise for young people that hard work is still critical. Mm-hmm. But what I would say is, having put in a lot of hard work in the early part of my life and career, um, yeah. it puts you in a position later to be much more... Um, flamboyant. Flamboyant. <laughs> yeah. Um, because somehow you're you're in a better place and and you've got the um you've got the backing you know um yes. I, I once got i was coming home late at night when i was quite young and i once got beaten up and but me and my mates had got beaten up by this sort of tasmanian devil he was only a little chap but he absolutely knocked knocked the bejesus out of us and um uh he he confronted us um he, I think he felt that we'd bumped into him or something. But um, when he confronted us, he said, look, you've got to back it up. <laughs> that was his lesson to us after he'd oh. beaten us. And, and I thought that, well, in a way, that was quite wise. Is um, You know, if you put in the hours, if you put in the hard work, mm. uh, then later on you can make assertions and you can be confident and flamboyant. But you've always got to be able to back it up. Definitely. And that's... So powerful, especially now, because I find that we live in a kind of make it quick, rich um, climate, and yeah. um, and it is very much about putting in the work, isn't it? You know, yeah. it really is about putting in the work, and yeah, it's the I've, I've said this many a times. It's the the becoming when you if it's the you know you're the doing is the becoming. You know, you have to put in the work. To, to become the person you want to be yeah and it's not very much about just getting rich tomorrow because that just won't give you any life lessons it won't make no. you grow as a person no no and you know by all means follow your passions but when you find yeah. your passion go 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 with it and, yeah. and really work hard at it definitely definitely we're nearly there Jim um what are your views on spirituality and, and personal development um well it's a big question um but um i I think when you asked this of me before i wrote down uh to a bunch of harvard students back in the early 70s and muhammad ali the great boxer Jim, would you mind just saying that again? I think we had a bit of a technical hitch there. Would you, uh, yeah, could you yeah. just um, just repeat what you said yeah. about the yeah. Muhammad Ali quote? Yeah. Um, 
I find that uh, a lot of the answers about spirituality can be uh, captured in uh, a great quote by Muhammad Ali, um, the famous boxer. Uh, he was talking to a bunch of Harvard graduates in the uh, early 70s and um, he was doing his speech and he actually had a reputation back then for writing poetry before he had a big fight. And so some of the students said, come on, Muhammad, give us a poem, give us a poem. And he pauses for a moment and he just says, me, we. And this has gone down in history as the shortest poem ever written. <laughs> me, we, because it's just two words. And, um, and actually, I've thought about that poem and I thought, well, actually, Muhammad Ali was giving us the two fundamental questions of life. Who am I and who are we? Mm. And, and if you can reflect on those things, I think it, it helps as you progress through life. And I think it's important that there are two aspects to it, not one. Uh, because I think that life is partly about understanding who I am, what makes me tick, what I care about, what my values are, uh, what I stand for. But it's equally about who we are, who we are as a community, as a society, as a generation, as a, as a, as a group. Mm. As a race, absolutely. A race. Yeah. And, and you have to, you know, I think it's really important to say, who are we? What do we stand for? And I think all of us have different we's. You know, we're mm. not in the old days. Your we would be defined by, you know, just where you, which town you came from or something like or what family you came from. But now we, we have uh, complex identities and we's. But if you've, you've got to reflect and say, who are, yeah, what is my community? Who, mm. who is my group? What are my gang? What do we stand for? How are we going to change the world? And, and I think it takes you to good places. Definitely. And I think when you ask yourself those questions, you kind of realise that in a, in a spiritual way, we are all connected. So, you know, take responsibility for your actions and, and that leads me on to my, my next question actually what, what are your views on personal accountability and and how do you live live that daily um well um again we spend a lot of time uh, nowadays talking about fr uh, freedom a lot of yeah. stuff about freedom and uh, rights and opportunities but there is a flip side to uh, freedom, rights and opportunities, which we all need and, and need to be treasured and are precious. And the flip side is responsibility, personal mm. responsibility. And we don't have freedoms without responsibilities. And um, uh, at the end of each day, I mean, sometimes when I go to sleep, I think I, one way to get to sleep, apart from counting sheep, is to <laughs> think, um, what did I do today? Mm -hmm. what, and, and, you know, sometimes it will be inconsequential things. But um, it is helpful to reflect uh, what did I achieve? How did I move forward? How did we move forward? What did mm. we achieve? And to get a sense that life is not just about um, achieving the freedoms to do what we want to do. It's also about the responsibilities to do things with those freedoms. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head there, uh, Jim. That's such a powerful point. Beautiful point. Beautiful point. Just a few more questions. What accomplishments are you most proud of and what is your next biggest goal if you've got a goal, a big goal? Um, well, I, it's difficult to say accomplishments. So, <laughs> um, I, uh, I am proud that I worked in a great creative agency with a great group of people. And just now and again, we made some brilliant, beautiful, small pieces of cultural value. And, uh, they may be small, but in their own way, they were perfect. And, I am proud to have been one of the team that made those things. And I'm proud that I worked in a business that had some integrity and endeavoured to, not always achieving it, but endeavoured to do the right thing. Uh, and I think, yeah, I think that those were good things. Um, mm -hmm. What do I do now? Um, now I have a slightly more carefree life. Uh, I'm very much into art and culture. And so I, uh, I want to learn more about the world and about um, the great art that we've created through the centuries. Uh, and I like writing about it. Um, so I want to uh, learn more and write more. Uh, I write a blog. Yes. Uh, and uh, uh, I think I have a principle in life, actually, that you in order to get the most out of life, you need to have experiences. Mm -hmm. uh, so we should all be kind of chasing new experiences, challenging experiences, stimulus, provocation, et cetera, et cetera. But again, I think that's only half the equation. Um, I think we need to, in order to get the true value of an experience, we need to articulate what that experience meant to us. Mm. Um, so uh, I encourage people to read and see films and go and see bands, but then I also demand of them, what did you think? Why was that good? Why do you mm. think that? And, and I think that's how you get, how you extract the most value from life. Mm. You wow. need input if you're going to create output. Wow, 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 wow. I love that. I love that. Woo! there that's such a yeah another powerful point Jim <laughs> another powerful point um what are you most grateful for I know the answer to this but if you could tell our listeners what are you most grateful for well I guess I'm I'm grateful for uh, my wife Dicella um I'm lucky to have met her I'm grateful for my friends and family and more broadly for um the community that surrounds me. Uh, uh, I think that um, true friendship, community are, are, are the things that sustain you. And, uh, mm. and I've been very lucky. Wonderful, wonderful. What would you say to your 13 year old, 18 year old and 21 year old self? Yes, um, well, I think my 13 year old self, I would say, it's an amazing big wide world out there and I want you to be curious about it. I want you to ask questions. I want you to learn about the world and the planet that we, that we have. And, and I think just being open and expansive about uh, the life in front of you at that age is critically important. Yeah. Um, I think at 18, 
you know, the more serious stuff kicks in. Mm. Uh, and I would say, um, despite the many uh, uh, distractions and uh, enchantments that were available to you, um, work hard because every hour you put in when you're 18 counts double when you're 28. Mm. And, um, and I think when, when I was 21, I think I was probably quite egotistical. I saw the world sort of through the lens of my own experiences and preferences and stuff. Um, and I think the danger when you're 21 is that you become a bit selfish. Um, mm. So I would probably say to my 21 year old self, uh, be kind just occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> be thoughtful for other people. That's honesty for you. <laughs> <laughs> what three tips or pieces, pieces of, of advice would you give a teenager? Teenager. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. Um, I think that I would say, um, I would say, uh, the first thing to do is to take off your ego tinted spectacles. Now I will explain that. Um, when I was a kid, um, I used to hang around with different groups of people. Um, and I noticed the way they talked about other groups of people. And uh, so if you spoke to the, um, the cool guys, they looked at the other kids in the playground and said, they're just not very cool, are they? They're just not as fashionable as we are. They're just not as stylish. And I'd hang out with them a bit and go, yeah, yeah, okay, right. And then I'd hang out with the, the sports guys. And you hang out with the sports guys and they're looking at all the other kids in the playground and they say, they're just so wimpy, aren't they? They're just no good at running or football. They're just not very fit. They're just not, they're just not very good, are they? They're just so useless at sport. And then you'd go and hang out with the nerds, my natural gang, and, um, uh, and you talk to the nerds and they say, they look around at the other kids in the playground and say, um, God, they're all so stupid, aren't they? Now, what's going on there is that each of these little groups of kids is just seeing the world through the prism of their own strengths. Mm. And it's a really dangerous thing. You know, if you're sporty, you just think the only people that count are sporty. If mm. you're intelligent, you think the only thing that counts is being intelligent. If you're cool, you just judge everyone by how attractive they are. Yeah. And actually that continues into adulthood. You know, you, there are bosses that only hire people that are like them. Mm. And, and it's not healthy. And it's not doesn't lead to any success in business uh, and it doesn't lead to success in life. So if you want to be happy in life, you've got to take off the ego tinted spectacles and mm. see the value in other groups and other communities. Don't just see things through the things that you're good at. Mm -hmm. um, so that's my first piece of advice. Great um, piece of advice. Right, love, that. love that. Love that. Love <laughs> that. The second piece of advice, this may, may apply more to the blokes than to the, uh, the, the, the girls, but um, ask people questions. Uh, I think when you're young, when I was young, I talked too much. Um, and it's good to talk, but you'll find that that's talking a lot is not a conversation. 
you know, what's magical about conversation is you don't know where it's going to go because the other person is going to take it to places that you, you wouldn't go on your own. So finding out about other people is, is one of the joys of life. And to do that, you have to ask questions. Mm. And then my final piece of advice, but it has helped me all through my life, is write things down, mm-hmm. um, which may seem a rather small uh, practical thing. But um, if you hear someone say something funny, something interesting, uh, if you're at work and there's something important going on, uh, write it down and make a note of it. Try and remember it. Come back to it later. Reflect on it. Um, if you hear a great track, I mean, I know people don't write things down in quite the same way now, but make a note of it. Find out about it. Find out about the artist, you know, because so often we just cruise through life saying, oh, that was interesting. And then we forget about it five minutes later. Mm. I think writing things down helps, helps you to remember things, but it just helps you push yourself a bit harder to learn from the things that have impressed you. Wow. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. I mean, you've you've given our listeners some great pieces of of advice here, Jim. Where did you... uh, I mean, you've got so much knowledge and you've, you've, you're like, you like a wise old owl. Where did, where did this come from? Did, is it just something that you've just kind of discovered on your own or? Yeah. I mean, how did, how did you get to where you are and, and have all this, this great wisdom? Um, I don't feel wise, Carol. Uh, <laughs> no, but you... I, I, do, I do think, um, uh, I suppose it goes back to my point about input and output is I just think life is about exposing yourself to stimulus and forcing yourself to learn from that stimulus mm. uh, and, and to have a point of view. And, yeah. um, you know, I just think you've got to have a point of view about politics, about um, society, about art and culture and things like that. Even if the point of view is wrong, um, mm-hmm. it it just forces you to be open to be alive. And, yeah. and people who say I don't care about politics or I don't care about society or I'm not interested in such and such, mm. they're sort of only living half their life. Mm. No, you're absolutely right. And I guess the message is here is just just keep yourself open, isn't it? Just keep yourself open and constantly learn. You know, and just constantly learn and don't think that your beliefs are the right beliefs or the correct beliefs, you know, come out of those beliefs because there's just more than one way of thinking things or, or doing things. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, there's a great Spanish artist, Goya, who um, had a pretty tough old life. He, he, um, he had to work with different Spanish regimes. He lived through the Peninsular War. Uh, he went deaf. Um, he he had a tough old time of it and, mm-hmm. and and there's a little drawing that he wrote just before his death and it's a sketch of an old old man with a walking mm-hmm. stick and i think we're led to assume that that is a picture of himself and he's just written at the top of the page aun aprendo which means still learning 
Mm. Sort of thing. There's an old guy who's seen a lot of horror in his in his life, but has yeah. created much beauty. But at the you know at the back end of his life, he's still learning, and I find that incredibly impressive. Definitely. And my mum used to say that to me. She said, "Carol, you know, you're never too old to learn." And that's such a true point. Don't think because you've you've reached. 50 60 you, you you know there's nothing more for you to learn there's so much more for you to learn yeah so it's yeah. just very much keeping an open mind um to learning and expanding yeah expanding your knowledge and uh, your life um mainly mm. there i've got a couple more questions what legacy or impact would you like to leave um well uh, i studied ancient history and um, uh, if you study um, the Iliad, the fall of Troy and the heroes that fought over uh, Troy and um, uh, fought for their home country and fought for their, their good name and reputation, um, you get an understanding of what the ancient people thought immortality was. Mm. Um, they didn't necessarily believe that their soul would live forever, but they thought that their um, name and reputation could live forever and that if they did great deeds on the battlefield then their story would be told around the campfire um, and indeed in the Iliad um, you do hear stories of great generals and great heroes and so these people did live on that we're still talking about people that a thousand years BC were fighting over a strip of land that no one knows about anymore. Yeah. And um, I think that a form of immortality is still to be talked about when you're gone. And I would like people to just remember a few funny stories, <laughs> a few, <laughs> a few um, observations and provocations um, and laugh about it. And yeah. that would be enough. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. Oh, that's brilliant. And your good taste of music. Don't forget that. Your good good taste <laughs> that would live on forever. Yeah. I'm an essence soul boy who likes a bit of reggae. <laughs> exactly. You can't forget that. <laughs> and very last question before yes. I let you go. Um, what's the most important message you would like to leave with us today? Well, it's funny that when I left school, our headmaster, um, you know, I had a good education, etc. but our headmaster called all, all of us together and sort of said, right, you're off, you're going on to the big wide world. And just so you know, you will reflect on your time at school as the best years of your life. Mm -hmm. and, and I remember thinking, I hope not. <laughs> because... Uh, I thought school was challenging. I, I thought it was hard. I thought it was difficult being a young person, actually trying to learn who you are and what, where you stand and who your friends are, etc. Um, and so actually, I don't think the school days are the best years of your life. I think they are ahead of you. And I think, um, as the saying goes, it just gets better. Wow. Brilliant, 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 brilliant. That is, brilliant. That is your message. <laughs> and that's a fantastic message, a very powerful message, because it, you know, I can, I agree with you. It just gets better and better and better. What a great way to end the show. A brilliant way to end the show. Oh, Jim, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I really enjoyed that conversation. As always, we've had so many conversations over the years, but this has just, just felt 
yeah the depth of it was just incredible and i, I hope really... someone interviews you one day on your podcast absolutely you have a lot of wisdom to impart to the young people oh absolutely well i did a little podcast with amari and he obviously asked me a few questions but right. yeah definitely i'm i'm open you know for to to impart more you know impart more of my of my story uh, so yeah we've come to the end of our show you know jim i really appreciate your time really appreciate your time and listeners thank you for listening you know um that was such a powerful conversation i got so much value out of out of it and I'm, i hope you did as well jim does a weekly blog called the jim carroll's blog please check him out and if you want to hear more inspirational stories, please keep tuning in or follow me on Instagram, Ayana Voices for inspirational content. This is Carol Oakley. Peace and love to you all.